<clears throat> in three, two, and one. Welcome to the Sewing Hope Podcast. This is a show all about implanting hope in our hearts. I'm Bill Snyder, joined by my friend Ann DeSantis. We're glad you're here for our uplifting conversation about faith and how it sustains our hearts through all the seasons of life. Thanks for walking with us. And good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the fourth episode of Sewing Hope this week. I can't believe we're saying that, but here we are once again and uh, able to bring you a special episode all about the March for Life pro- pro-life. And we're going to be talking about specifically the March for Life in Philadelphia uh, tomorrow. So we're super excited that you've uh, chosen to join us here on this special episode. And as always, I am joined by my friend, Anne DeSantis. How are you, Anne? Oh, great. I'm really great um, because knowing that this March is tomorrow and what it stands for and having a wonderful guest like Claire Pinto, who's our guest from the Pro-Life Union of Greater Philadelphia. Uh, I'm very excited about this show and what we're going to be talking about. Yeah, absolutely. And to be able to, uh, you know, talk a little bit about the pro-life movement, what it is, and uh, for people who, who maybe uh, don't engage in it uh, a whole lot, we can unpack it for them a little bit. But welcome, Claire, and thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate the chance to talk about this and get to talk to the two of you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, That's right. So uh, tell us just a little bit about uh, your involvement in the in the pro-life movement and, uh, and, 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 and how you got involved and, you know, you're so passionate about this cause. So share with us just a little bit of, of that passion. Sure. So I, you know, didn't even really know much. I didn't, I didn't know much about the pro-life, pro-choice thing when I was kind of coming into my faith. And it wasn't until a few years in that I, it was sort of brought to my attention and, and almost the minute it was, I just remember feeling baffled that this was not something that more people talked about or more people cared about. Um, I think I loosely remember when I would hear things on the news or loosely hear my parents talk about things, but never quite understood the sort of the ins and outs of all this. And so I became very passionate about it around my sophomore year of college. And as I moved through college, you know, I was always excited to go to the March for Life. I was always excited to, you know, talk to the 40 Days for Life people or pray outside of an abortion clinic. But I had no idea that it would end up being what I shaped my professional career around until, um, you know, the spring of my senior year when I was making those decisions. And um, I had the the privilege of being a crisis pregnancy advocate for about six months, which really only further fueled my fire for the pro-life movement. And just meeting women who are experiencing this great tragedy and are, you know, forced into it because they don't think that they have another choice. Um getting to talk to them about like what led you here and then you know what are some real solutions like how do we yeah sort of protect you from from this tragedy and this this thing that's like harmful for you and your heart and your body and so I got to do that for just under six months and that led me to working for the pro-life union where I'm getting to sort of work on the advocacy education um action side of the pro-life movement and sort of just trying to 
get people fired up to to come to events like the Philadelphia March for Life and um, provide women with real solutions to the, these issues that they're facing rather than giving them a solution that just hurts them further because that's the reality is that abortion does nothing but perpetuate a woman's problems it doesn't do anything to give her a real solution or empower her to to yeah be called higher and and, and do better for herself and her children yeah said so well because you're right at the, at the end of the day and at the end of our lives right what what's important is not uh earthly uh the, the, the things of that on earth and in our world are important, like getting ahead, uh, having lots and lots of money and, you know, a high powered career, because if we do all of that uh, for the sake of a life, another life, right, a human life. And that's what the pro-life union is all about. And just want to invite people to please do go to prolifeunion.org and learn about the wonderful work they're doing. Claire Pinto is the Programs and Communications Coordinator at the Pro-Life Union of Greater Philadelphia. And I wanna to say too, that uh, as the director of the St. Raymond Onatis Foundation, I'm honored to be connected and to be working with all of you to help you promote uh, this event because most of our viewers know that what we do is help families in crisis. So you know, people who are affected by that type of decision are families in crisis. I know we talked about that on another recent program that you came on for the St. Raymond Anatas Foundation. Yeah, and it's, it's, I think one of the misconceptions that people have is that the pro-life movement isn't kind of in the nitty gritty trying to do the things that people need, like the really tangible small things, um, like making sure that someone has Christmas presents under their tree or that they've got diapers or, you know, they're able to pay their rent, but also making sure that they're like spiritually supported and that they have someone who's checking in on them or they have someone who's helping them find <laughs> a house, you know? Um, and, and these, this is what people who are truly pro-life care about is, is, is the individual person and their needs, not just, you know, seeing children born and then leaving people to their own devices after that. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And I know that because I have been at those abortion centers and praying there uh, in front of them. And you're right. Some of the questions that you get is that, do we only care about once the baby is born and then that's it? And there could be nothing further from the truth. Tell us more about how the pro-life union connects, connects women with those resources after the baby is born. We'd love to hear. Sure. So um, we have the privilege of working with um, almost, I believe, over 30 um, member organizations, all of which kind of tackle a different problem. So um, whether that be they need to go to a pregnancy resource center so that they can make sure that they are connected with proper uh, care throughout their pregnancy, prenatal care throughout their pregnancy, or um, maybe they're unemployed or they have an employer who's not um, sympathetic to the fact that they're pregnant and um it's about getting them connected with an organization like Every Good Gift, which is going to connect these mothers with work and daycare and, and mm -hmm. everything that they need to be successful and make money. Um, or, I mean, the, the list is endless. We have a maternity home guiding star ministries through the pro-life union and that'll, you know, have a mother have a place to live and for her and her children and live in community with other mothers while being supported and, and encouraged spiritually and helping them get back on track. So, um, we work with all these different organizations that tackle 
problems that you most often see with women in crisis pregnancy situations. You know, there's a handful of reasons why a woman feels abortion is her only choice. Um, and our member organizations in the pro-life union sort of try and take all of those, yeah. those specific problems head on and tackle them because what we need is, like I said earlier, we need real solutions to real problems, not, you know, I hate, I hate this analogy for, for the reality of abortion, but it's a bandage because people think that it makes things better and they think that it makes a quote unquote problem go away. When in reality, like when you're taking the life of your own child that has real effects on you um, for the rest of your life. And we're not looking to place women in situations where they're more beaten down, where they're yeah more riddled with the struggles in their life. And now dealing with the emotional battle on top of that. So it's it's exciting and it's never ending because there's so many different solutions that are still needed especially in the philadelphia area and and problems that need to be tackled but it's a gift to be able to sort of work with these amazing organizations that are sort of one-on-one handling all of these things that need to be handled yeah you know i love claire how you go right after the root causes of why somebody might be considering an abortion and being able to connect women to those, you know, those things that lift them out of those hopeless situations, right? I mean, like, you know, Guiding Star helping women live in a safe community uh, and, and all the other things that, that you're doing, you know, even providing the temporal needs, diapers and, and wipes and just those, those things that are needed so that women can feel safe and they can bring life into the world. I, I, I often say when I talk to people about abortion, I, 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 I say the greatest gift that, that a woman has is the ability to bring life into the world, and, and they are meant to, you know, safeguard it. You know, they're, they're, they're the custodians of that life that grows within them for, um, you know, a very, very short period of that person's life. I mean, it's nine months, and, uh, you know, they, they are a custodian, you know, a very intimate custodian of that life for the first nine months of its existence. And so, uh, you know, after that, of course, they're going to raise it and bring it up and all of those wonderful things that motherhood brings. Uh, but at the same time, they, you know, when, when those, uh, those things that threaten a woman, um, you know, the insecurity, the, you know, the doubt, the fear of having to go through this alone uh, creep in, uh, I think it is easier for women just to cave into the pressure of our society, which screams at them, don't you want to be successful? Don't you want to have a career? Don't you want to, you know, do these things? Uh, which, which are all noble. I mean, you know, there's nothing wrong with having a wonderful, uh, high-paying career. We all, we all want equality among genders and all that. Nobody is talking about, um, you know, holding women back. But uh, there is something that is such in their nature, so beautifully imbued in their nature, uh, to bring up life and carry it uh, within them. It's part of who they are. And so I think when we call women to, to that and hold them to that standard uh, by helping them with temporal needs, it is so important. Absolutely. I think one of my particular frustrations with the pro-abortion narrative as a woman is that abortion tells women that they're not, they're not capable of doing anything more. It tells women that they're not capable of fighting for a real solution. They're not capable of fighting for their child and for themselves. It tells women they're not strong enough. Um, and I hate that narrative. I, I hate the narrative that um, 
you know, you would never be able to figure out these real and challenging solutions and, and challenge yourself to be better. So you might as well just, you know, give up and take the life of your child. It, it underestimates the ability that a woman has naturally, like you said, by her nature from being able to bring life into the world. But, but you know, that's, that's a gift that only women have as they can bear life. And um, yeah, it's just, it's an attack on, on the nature of women. And it's, it's, yeah, really, really kind of well-disguised one at that. It is, but there's so much hope, really, honestly. I mean, organizations like the Pro-Life Union are are helping to bridge that gap. Um, I would like to ask you regarding the younger generations, because, you know, I think it does start in our culture with young, young girls also and teenagers and young women who are having this skewed view of, as you said, of womanhood and what it means to be a woman and what they can and can, can't handle and what's, what's really important, right? What's really important in life. Where do you think uh, the education comes in so that the culture of life can be a little, a little bit more prevalent? I mean, I know that there's some wonderful speakers and authors doing great things, even like people like Chris, Dr. Christopher West with Theology of the Body has done so much. Um, would you have anyone else that, anyone listening that you could suggest that would be a good place for younger people to learn more about this dignity? Sure, I, I've fallen in love with some of the speakers and, and writers that I've, I've encountered at conferences or through social media. Some of my favorites are um, Lisa Brennan-Kemeyer, I don't know if, if you know her, but she's she talks beautifully just like about the vocation of, of being a woman and marriage and motherhood and, and all those things. A few other good ones would be um, Emily Willis. She she has a great platform to talk about these things. Um, Leah Darrow is another one who does it beautifully. Um, and a few other small ones that I just follow on Instagram. There's people who are really just like open and, and thrilled to talk about these things and be super honest about them and, and I really enjoy it. I think it's one of the gifts of social media for sure is the access to these kind of examples and, and role models that you can find. Yeah that's incredible and you know I, I think that uh, all, all of us here on this particular podcast here we're all Catholic but our, a lot of the people who listen to Sewing Hope aren't necessarily Catholic. We have Christians and people of all denominations, faiths and even non-faiths that listen to uh, this podcast. And I know that the Pro-Life Union is really an ecumenical organization that has a lot of other denominations and even people, you know, sometimes people who don't even celebrate religion because this is a human uh, a human issue, isn't it? I mean, it's an issue of uh, really human dignity, whether or not you're following a religion or not. Can you talk a little bit about that? I know Tom Stevens has told me that you do a lot of collaborative efforts with other Christian denominations. Absolutely. And um, it's like you said, it's, it's not a religious issue. This is an issue of like basic human life. Right. And um, I heard a, a great Alison Centifante who works for live action. She says this in an interview and it always really stuck with me that you don't, you know, see people yelling and screaming at each other over having their appendix removed right? It's, this is, this is a human rights issue. And there's a reason that people are so pent up about it. And um, abortion is not about, you know, it's, it's, a, it is a science thing, you know, being pro-life is being pro-science and, and supporting the fact that we know 
we know for a fact that life begins at conception and there's nothing that can disprove that. Um, you can't just decide this is when life starts because we know, and it's making it into an issue, you know, about being conservative or being liberal or being religious or not being religious does exactly what we're aiming not to do, which is to draw attention away from, yes, sanctifying and protecting the most vulnerable people that we have in, in our, you know, in our world, in our society, the preborn are the, the most vulnerable. Yeah, absolutely. And I know that uh, I've been joining your calls for the, the planning for the event, and it's such an honor for me to be a part of that. And this is not not a political issue, even though right now we're in these, quote, political times, right, with the election that just happened and the inauguration. But I know that the march itself has nothing to do, right? Um, wondered if you could talk about that, because some yeah. people are putting two and two together and thinking that maybe it has something to do with politics, but. Yeah, I think it's a common it's a common theme that that you see oftentimes because abortion is is the government sanctioned government approved uh, thing that that this is a strictly political issue and that any of pro-life event would be a political issue as well. But, um, you know, we're not gathering to protest wearing masks. We're not gathering to, you know, parade for one president or another. We are really just gathering to bear witness and to say enough is enough and stop being silent about something that we should not be being silent about, which is, which is terminating the lives of our children. And um, specifically, and I know I've talked about this with, with you before, specifically like in our neck of the woods, this is our neighborhood, you know, this is our home and we have to take pride in that. And we have to, we have to own, own, you know, what's going on and specifically do what we can where we are to in the greater Philadelphia area to um, provide real solutions and, I think when you make it about politics, it brings a whole different layer that that it kind of it muddies the water, you know, and it draws attention away from what we're really trying to draw attention to, which is making abortion and euthanasia not even an option because there's so many real options and real solutions to be provided. Yeah. And, you know, what Philadelphia stands for, too. I mean, being a Philadelphia native myself and I know, you know, and both of you living there. Um, the what what Philadelphia stands for in the in the country and really in the world um, is the seat of liberty, right? I mean, we talk about it being the cradle of liberty. I remember uh, on these old uh, WOGL um, you know promos, it used to say, you know, rocking in the cradle of liberty, and um, you know this this is uh, you know the birthplace of of you know modern democracy and liberty and and what a great symbol and a sign to be able to say you know what um life is not necessarily a choice you know being in in that city right being able to say life is not a choice it is um it, it is it is part of something that we are all given right you know and it's not about the politics but but that's what the people in that city recognized in 1776. They recognized Absolutely. that we all had a right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And and because of that, 
uh, you know, this great country was was created. And so there we are fighting for that very thing. And it's not necessarily a fight, as you mentioned. It's just a, you know, it's a rally to draw awareness. It's to provide real solutions to problems and and band together. Uh, so, so what a great uh, thing you are doing for the first time. I mean, you know, 2021 uh, is going to be the first uh, inaugural uh, Philadelphia March for Life, and that's and that's such an incredible thing. It is, and it's exciting. And, and you know, I like that you said Philadelphia, right? This birthplace of freedom, and that we're born with an inalienable right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Life's the first one, you know life is the first one it's the most important it's the most precious and and that's what we see attacked the most you know avidly so mm -hmm. thank you i like the fact that you also brought up euthanasia and because part of pro-life is obviously you know force and first and foremost is that whole idea of allowing a child to be born right i mean allowing that child to from conception until natural death but it's also an issue of our times, too, that the elderly and things that are going on in nursing homes regarding euthanasia. I wondered if you could talk a little bit about that, because the Pro-Life Union does stand for life in all stages. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's, you know, being pro-life means to be protecting the sanctity of life from, I mean, we've all heard it a million times, but conception until natural death um, and it's it's normal and it's easy to get caught up at the beginning of that and I, th I think that to an extent it's okay because how can we protect the elderly when we we can't protect we can't even get them in the in the world <laughs> and so yeah we're about protecting the sanctity of life from conception till natural death and um specifically the pro-life union we're focused on making abortion and euthanasia completely completely unthinkable not just we don't just want these things to not be options we want people to them to not even cross people's minds um i mean that's what our work's about and obviously with the march and at this time especially with how politically charged things are right now abortion sort of is at the is at the forefront and um it's an issue that's talked about much more commonly uh specifically i think also with the younger generations you see a lot of people a lot more driven to talk about these things out loud and um yeah it's just about how do we protect people and, and that means all people like you said and what are the issues that, that we're specifically facing in these areas and it's everything in between as well you know but if we tried to if we tried to work on every issue of life we'd we'd never get anything done because there's so many of them uh, my own experience of people involved in the pro-life movement are people who do and truly care about people all the way around. And, um, and I know that even the president of the foundation that I represent, Mickey Kelly, who's very active uh, in pro-life, he even was given your yearly, the award, the award I forget, the, the Freedom Award or something at the Pro-Life mm -hmm. Union this past year for his work. And um, he also does, you know, his own personal outreach to when he sees homeless people and, and asking them on the street, hey, are you okay? Do you need any help? And, and you know, that's also part of it too, uh, is, is remembering that uh, people who don't, who aren't provided for, for whatever reason, that being pro-life includes all of that. It, it's not just about uh, unborn babies, although, you know, that's the most important issue of it, I think. 
you know, and I'm sure mm -hmm. that that's why you, you, why the pro-life union does all the outreach that they do because they want to make sure that those babies have a chance. Right. Yeah. And um, so thank you so much. Um, now, another note I wanted to mention, I thought we could talk briefly about is uh, Rachel's vineyard, because there's some people who may be listening to this podcast and thinking, you know, I feel terrible. I actually did have an abortion and I'm still suffering from that. Uh, what does Rachel's Vineyard do? Rachel's Vineyard is, is really an incredible um, organization. They provide just an opportunity for, for healing and hope for women who've gone through abortions. Um, and I believe as well for, for men who are affected by abortion. Um, am I correct about that? You might know better yes. than, than me. Yeah. Yes, so they provide rich, they give retreats that sort of will give women a chance to work through, um, yeah, the wounds that have been caused by abortion, whether they were young and, and were, felt forced into abortion, or maybe they had one recently, it gives them a chance to kind of open that up, um, and invite in healing and, and support. And Rachel's Vineyard is really, it, it's an impressive ministry. It's, it's one of my favorites. When I worked as a crisis pregnancy counselor, we would always be able to refer women there. And, and it just is a gift to have that type of resource. It really is. I just had to mention that because there are people who, uh, unfortunately, they have had abortions before, but you know, there's always education and there's always support and prayer. So that's what Rachel's Vineyard is all about. So thank you for working with them too. Um, let's talk about the march. I mean, it's going to be an incredible event starting with mass at nine o'clock in the morning with Archbishop Nelson Perez at the cathedral. So tell us more. Yeah, we're, we're so excited. Um, I can't believe it's here already. <laughs> it's just been a lot of work and it's been exciting, but the day is going to be kicked off with, um, like you said, mass at the cathedral of Saints Peter and Paul. Um, the Archbishop of Philadelphia, Archbishop Nelson Perez will be saying that mass. Um, and so that'll be exciting. And after the mass, we'll all gather outside of the cathedral. That'll be around 1030. And that's when we're going to start our march. So we're going to be marching straight to Philadelphia Women's Center. So Philadelphia Women's Center, for those of you who are from Philadelphia or unfamiliar with the area, you'll know it's it's um, it's 777 Apple Tree Street. So it's in the center of the city. And um, we were looking at some numbers and some statistics. And so on average, there's 47 abortions per day in the greater Philadelphia area. And out of those 47, 22 take place at the Philadelphia Women's Center. So this place is responsible for, for a, lot, a lot of abortions every day and every year. And so we're marching there and you'll, you'll often almost every day find people praying outside of, of um, the Apple Tree Street Clinic and we're going to just bear witness to, to what happens at this clinic. And the point of marching there is just to draw people's attention. You know, it's, we, we drive through, a lot of us drive through the city every day and um, it's, you know, this great tragedy is taking place here. And so we'll bear witness. We'll take a minute to pray. Or if you don't pray, just sort of be present and, and learn about what, what goes on and, and just soak it in. And after that, we're going to march to Independence Mall Visitor Center. And so we're going to do, just a, a freedom rally at Independence Mall, and we're just going to gather, and there's going to be awesome music. Um, a young man, his name's Jack Terzian, is going to be leading the music. He's really gifted. Um, he can get anybody, he can get anybody excited. So he's going to play some worship music with some of his own music, and that's going to lead into some really awesome speakers that we have lined up, and so it's going to be really exciting, and 
I think it'll just be, it'll be a gift to just gather with people specifically for this cause that's so yeah close to most of our hearts so we have lots of great speakers um including Allison Santafonte from Live Action, Dr. Monique Ribeiro, uh, Kathy Barnett, Ashley Gareth will be there so it's just going to be good it's going to be an awesome group of people. Yeah I'm excited and on another note uh some of the speakers you mentioned Dr. Monique Ribeiro and also Kathy Barnett I've been guests on Sewing Hope and also another show, Journeys in Faith, that I'm involved with. So we're so blessed to have connections with them, and uh, and it's also in our uh, on our playlist, right, Bill, on uh, on Sewing Hope. If you want to go back and listen to their episodes of when they were interviewed by us, and um, so yeah, that's it's a wonderful lineup. Now, tell us about the logistical parts of the it, like say the parking, uh, even even things such as. Uh, facilities you know people have to use the facilities when they're there and uh, sure. places uh, places to eat for, for someone or should they bring food you know that kind of thing sure yeah good questions and so we lined up a frequently asked question section on our website so if you miss any of this feel free to go there it's like you said prolookingin.org and you can find all of that under the events page um, but basically it's a typical philly philly is always typical typically challenging with parking but There'll be some free parking in the Basilica. It'll be really limited though. So, you know, unless you're a super early bird, there's, there's a, a few spots available there. Um, and there's street parking around the Basilica and there's street parking around Independence Mall, as well as paid parking at the Independence Mall Visitor Center. So that should be available. Um, in regards to facilities, there will be restrooms available at the cathedral and there should be, there will be um, porta potties available at independent small visitor center along the actual route there likely won't be anything available to the public um, we are intending to meet rain or shine so unless there's some sort of extreme weather event we're planning to sacrifice our comfort and just be there might be a little chilly might be raining a little bit but but we're going to be there um, so just come bring your umbrella bring some gloves it'll be good and with covid we just want to we want to be really mindful about just COVID protocols and, and basic precautions. So we're asking and requiring that, that everyone who comes wear masks inside and outside um, for all events, as well as just being six feet socially distanced from anyone who is not from your household. So marching with the people that you live with, et cetera, just to be safe and mindful so that this is an event that people feel safe coming to if they are feeling a little stressed out about that aspect of things. And anything else that, that you might need, you can find on the website and um, the day looks like it'll be around from around 9 a.m. To, to about 1 p.m. And then after that, we just see where it goes. Yeah, sounds good. I mean, uh, God will provide. Mm -hmm. It's yeah, God will provide. I want to ask everyone who's listening to this podcast, please do pray. Not everybody, obviously, we get listeners from all over the place from outside of the Philadelphia area. Um, but my guess is, uh, Claire, I think people from outside the area are going to come to to Philadelphia, just like they do to places like Washington, D.C., because for people who live within an hour or a little over an hour, uh, I, my guess is they will travel out and try to be there. I certainly hope so. And I think it'll be worth it. I think that um, it's going to be powerful and it's something that people won't want to miss because it's it's you know like you said this is I believe years and years ago maybe over 20 years ago there was a march in Philadelphia 
that, you know, this is the first time in a long time that, that Philadelphia is, we're doing something like this. And yeah, I think it's going to be a great event and I hope it becomes a regular thing. And I think it's going to be really good for our city and, and this movement. Yes, it will be. Um, I'm looking at your website too. Again, I want to ask people to go to prolifeunion.org. And when you do that, right on the front page, it says the Philadelphia March for Life join us Saturday, January 23rd in protesting the 1 million wrongful deaths in southeastern Pennsylvania since Roe v. Wade. And when you click on there, uh, obviously it goes right to all the details, starting with 9 a.m. Roman Catholic Mass, and then the march begins where they go from the, from the Basilica to the Women's Center. And then from there, uh, the Rally for Life, which is at Independence Mall. I'll just give everyone the address there. It's 599 Market Street, Philadelphia. And I'm gonna mention your sponsors too. You have some great sponsors there right on the website, the Family Institute, the Pennsylvania Family Institute, the Pennsylvania Pro-Life Federation, the Office for Life and Family of the Archdiocese of Philadelphia. And I know that you have many more that are also involved. Um, so it's just incredible. Uh, is there anything else that you can share with us about the event itself that people should know? Sure, you know, I mean, there's lots of stuff to know. That's why the website, the website will be great for anything I missed because I'm bouncing my brain scrambled from, <laughs> from yeah. all the work and preparation, um, but. I would just say that, you know, there's a lot of people really pouring their hearts into this event. My boss, the uh, president and CEO of the Pro-Life Union, Tom Stevens, it's, it's been his whole life planning this event um, for the past month. And he's really done an incredible job just pulling people together. And yeah, a lot of work's going in and, and, and it's, it's going to be awesome. So, you know, if you're on the edge, reach out to us. You can you can reach out to us on our website or at mail at prolifeunion.org if you have any questions. But yeah, definitely just if you have any hesitations, just kind of take a chance and, and, and see what it's about. Cause I think that you won't be disappointed. And um, if you're not from the Philadelphia area, the hope is to live stream the event. So if you want to check it out, then our, you can check that out on our Facebook page, which is Prolifing of Greater Philly. Awesome. Now there's also a donate button there because like I said, we do have a lot of listeners that are from out of the area here. Yeah. <laughs> Bill's in Wisconsin and he's originally from Philadelphia and you and I, of course, Claire, are in, Phil in the Philadelphia area. But people can give and people can pray and people can share social media posts. So if they're listening to this, please do share it. Uh, here we are the day before the event. The event is tomorrow, which is January 23rd, uh, Saturday. And um, so please do share it. And um, so how can they donate? I see that there is that donate button. Is that the easiest way? Just go right to the website. Yeah, that'd be the easiest way. So we have that um, donation section on our website and you can sort of put in whatever it is that you want to donate to. So whether that be, um, you know, our March efforts or if that's for the maternity home, Guiding Star Ministries or the union itself and just our efforts in the future, anything is appreciated and you have the opportunity to donate to specific areas. Um, but also, yeah, just, just like Ann said, just be praying for us and, um, for safety and for good weather and for all of those things as we gather and, and just for our mission that we're able to successfully bear witness to this, this cause. Yeah, absolutely. No, you know, I mean, there's so many great, uh, ways to contribute to the pro-life movement and this is just one amazing way. Uh, so I really do encourage you all, uh, you know, prolifeunion.org. And, you know, again, you might be listening to this 
you know, from far away from Philadelphia. Uh, but, uh, but really, you know, prayerfully consider uh, donating to the Pro-Life Union uh, of Greater Philadelphia for all the great work that they do. Uh, and honestly, folks, it really is a lot of, um, uh, of these organizations that make the difference. It's not the, um, you know, public policy. I mean, yes, it's important that, you know, we, 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 we strive to overturn, you know, Roe v. Wade and all the, all, and all the things that are associated with that. But, the reality is so many of these organizations like the Pro-Life Union of Greater Philadelphia um, really, really makes that difference on the ground because they're the ones that are, you know, helping women on the ground that are at most, you know, at risk, uh, you know, at most for for abortion. So there, this is such a great cause to get involved with. It's such a great cause uh, to get behind, not only prayerfully, financially, uh, and with the, with, with the talent and with, uh, you know, giving, you know, your time, uh, your talent to them, uh, going out to the march if you're available. Uh, tomorrow you live in the Philadelphia area, you live close to the Philadelphia area, or even you live like in New York. Uh, you know, it's not too hard uh, to pop in the car and, and make it a day trip to do something like this. Uh, so really do encourage you all to, uh, you know, get behind the uh, this this effort because it's so 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 important and i'm glad that we also thank you bill um i'm glad that we also talked about the idea that uh you know be not afraid right i mean because this what, what we're doing and what the pro-life union and what pro-lifers are doing is a peaceful effort it is not uh any type of real um you know um uh, radical thing. I mean, it's it, radical in the sense of, yes, just the fact of, of praying, praying radically, right. <laughs> and uh, ministering to people radically, but not a radical event in any way, shape or form. Uh, talk to us more about that, because I know there are some people that with things that are happening in our country, yeah, they are slightly uh, concerned and not wanting to get together with larger groups. But uh, this effort itself is is completely peaceful, being led by right the mass <laughs> with the Archbishop of Philadelphia, and um, yeah, absolutely. And and we're like you said, this is this is a peaceful gathering. It's a rally. Um, we we aren't you know looking to to cause any sort of chaos or any sort of you know negative negative environments. We really just want to gather and. and say hey like we know what's going on we've had enough of what's going on and we just want other people to see you know the reality of what's going on in Philadelphia and you know we're doing that with like you said mass and uh you know peaceful marching and rallying in music <laughs> you know it's going to be worship music and these really incredible um leaders in the pro-life movement just talking and and it's 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 just a gathering you know it's it'll be a strong showing of community really. Yeah. yeah, that that's incredible. On the website, I noticed that it says, I want to help. Okay. It says there, thank you. There are many ways to help volunteer, donate and become involved. So somebody is listening to this podcast and thinking, you know, I've never done it before, but now I'm considering maybe doing something. Um, and that was me too, because I was involved at a very local level praying for uh, abortion, the end of abortion in my own community. We used to have a Planned Parenthood only 
several miles away from where I live and it did shut down. Praise God. Uh, years back. And I was involved with praying for that to, you know, for the end of abortion there. But that was the first time that I've gotten involved in praying in Philadelphia with Mickey Kelly, the president of the St. Raymond Onatus Foundation, where he and I go down and pray for a couple hours in front of the Planned Parenthood uh, in Center City. So somebody's listening and how, how will they get involved and what is the training? I know that there's some kind of training too that they can find out about. There is. So I know firsthand how nerve wracking it can be to do these things for the first time. And um, I would never discredit that, but, but, you know, you're capable of doing it if, if someone is listening and they want to pray outside a clinic and they're nervous, um, you know, you're fully capable and it's a really incredible, humbling and brave thing to do. And we actually, on our website, you can find um, a sidewalk servants series. So this is a series of videos set to train people to be a sidewalk servant. So to be able to pray outside of a clinic and it was put together by Dr. Monique Ribeiro and she just trains people on how to properly talk to women and educate them and in, in the, you know, a graceful, respectful, kind way to encounter women on the street um, outside of clinics and, and help to yeah change their minds to courageously choose life. So you can find all that information on our website. Um, and if praying in front of a clinic is not for you, there's so many other ways to volunteer. And if volunteering is not for you, there's lots of ways to donate. And um, there's something for everyone to be involved and, and take action and yeah, sort of put their beliefs into action in regards to all of this. So. Yeah. You know, and you definitely said it, uh, it, it, it takes a group. It takes a collective group, right? Uh, you know, it takes a village in order to do this. It's not, you know, one aspect that is going to, you know, make this succeed. It's not, you know, we need sidewalk counselors. We need, you know, donors. We need uh, prayers. We need all of these things to fall into place so that uh, we can end abortion, but we, but we can't do it with just one aspect of this. You know, we can't just throw a million dollars at this and this is not just going to disappear that way. It's also not going to disappear, uh, if we don't put money toward it. So we have to do all of these things in, you know, collective. And I think that that's part of this witness on, on, uh, tomorrow, Saturday, you're going to, you're going to see, uh, a group of people come together. I, you know, one of the things that COVID really has done is separate people. Yeah, we've come together on Zoom and we've had a lot of these great things, but we 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 don't get together in those large rallies, those large crowds. And uh, you know, we we miss that because we are communal people, and and people need to see a how strong we are together. You know, people need to see how many people are truly peaceably pro-life and that stand up and say, no more. I don't want this anymore in our society. And but but when we all do it from the comfort of our own homes, it's hard for the world to see it. The media doesn't cover it, you know, the way the way it should be. You know, the secular media doesn't cover it the way it should be covered. Um, and we have to be able to say, all right, here are, you know, several thousand people willing to stand up and stand together and say, I'm pro-life. Absolutely. And like you said, the media isn't, isn't really covering this 
this movement and this uh, this fight, and they're not covering it properly. Um, and you know, encompassing everything it is that people are doing, and the very real, humble ways that people are helping, and even with the March for Life in D.C., you know, hundreds of thousands of people have been at that march, and you know, you don't see that. You don't see the coverage of how powerful that is, which is why we need to show up even more, and we need to be even louder. Um, because yeah, we need to be heard. So I think that, that in and of itself motivates me like crazy to to keep showing up to these things. Amen. Amen. The thought just came into my mind too, that you're in your early twenties. I have two daughters also in their one in their mid twenties and, and my other daughter is uh, around your age. And for people who are in your age category, you know, there's a lot of that uh, pro-choice thinking, isn't there? I mean, I know that there really is. If somebody is listening and they, they are sort of on that fence I wondered if you would have some words for them to help them to discern why they should be pro-life. Why shouldn't they just go along with the culture? Uh, why is it wrong to, 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 uh, to not stand up for life? Sure. I mean, it's a great question and it's a loaded one because, because it's just hard and, and anybody, you know, anyone knows that it's hard. And I think in a particular way, if you're around my age, you know, you're, you're, in college or your, your early 20s, recent graduate, it, holding such an unpopular opinion, it can be very scary. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I have people within my, my close friend group and my own family who are very put off by my beliefs and in my, my, the opinions that I hold and my pro-life stance. And I think what motivates me is, is one, if you are religious, you know, we're told that we're going to be persecuted in the name of Jesus. We're told that we're going to face discomfort and we're going to be, you know, have people throw stones. And and I take that as, I take that as a sign of doing the right thing. (laughs) And if you're not religious, it's, it's just so important to ask people questions about their beliefs. If you're, if you're on, if you're on the fence, you know, um, if you're on the fence, then, start asking questions to people around you who have different beliefs than you, because what you'll find is if you just keep asking questions, if people aren't speaking from a place of truth then they're going to run out of answers and it'll always lead you to the true fact that, that life begins at conception and, and there's no denying that. And it just, I would just encourage you to be courageous and not be afraid to have an unpopular opinion and not be afraid to, um, yeah challenge the people around you and in their beliefs as well so um as I know it can be scary sorry about my dog barking (laughs) (laughs) hello (laughs) and it can be very scary but it is worthwhile because it is so powerful to be standing behind the truth it is and just one other thing that popped into my head where I think a lot of people in your age frame are very concerned about the environment they're very concerned about living a holistic life. They're very concerned about uh, not wasting, right? So it, what do you think? I mean, don't you think that the pro-life movement lines right up with that? Because I not, if you think about it, don't they all really go together? You know, you're, car- you, you're worried about not wasting and you're worried about recycling and, and keeping the world clean. And, and well, I think that being pro-life and, and being against abortion really lines completely straight up with that. 
I do. And I think that it's one of the things that gets swept under the rug most often is, is that, you know, we are talking about these issues as well. And more often than not, the issues that we're supporting kind of go hand in hand without people even really realizing it. Um, and that's, that's why asking questions and doing research is so incredibly important because it's, it's doing that research where you find those truths. And, and um, it's kind of when you can have the power of gaining your own, your own perspective on these things. Amen. Awesome Amen. Stuff. Thank you so much. And I just want to repeat again, as we're coming toward the end, uh, is that this is, we're talking about the Mar the Philadelphia March for Life. It's on Saturday, January 23rd, 2021. The schedule is 9 a.m. Roman Catholic Mass at the Cathedral. 10 a.m. March for Life begins. There's an 11.30 a.m. concert at Independence Mall, and then a 12 p.m. rally at Independence Mall. Everyone is required to wear masks and social distancing. For more information, go to prolifeunion.org. And again, we've been talking to Claire Pinto. She is the Programs and Communication Coordinator at the Pro-Life Union of Greater Philadelphia. It's been such an honor, Claire. Thank you so much and come back again to Sewing Hope. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Yes, and uh, folks, we really do appreciate your uh, great time today on this special episode of Sewing Hope. But we'll be back with you again uh, next Tuesday. Uh, so until then, keep beating to your Catholic hearts and sewing hope into broken hearts from all of us at Patchwork Heart Ministry, the St. Raymond Donatus Foundation, and Fiat Ministry Network. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sewing Hope on Patchwork Heart Radio. For more information about this podcast and our ministries, visit our websites, patchworkheart.org and andesantis.com. You can also follow and interact with us on Twitter at PWH Ministry or andesantis2.